Hey everyone, this is TJ. I am super excited to be getting into a review of season three of The Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Um, before I do that though, I just wanted to mention if you have been listening to these review episodes or the main episodes of the show, either on YouTube or on our podcast feed, uh, I just wanted to ask you to just take it one step forward, one small step forward, and that is either like, leave a comment, subscribe, review, follow, all of those things, uh, because honestly, it just means so much to me. Um, really at a, at a point where the podcast is so small that any type of uh, action like that it just is monumental, to be honest with you. Um, and I take it really personally to, to see those things coming through. So if I can ask you to do that one favor for me, it would mean the world. If you've already done that, I want to take a moment to thank you for that as well. I really appreciate it. Um, also, we are going to be having episode 210 of the main show dropping this coming Thursday. And that episode is going to be focused on a couple of really topical um, points from this past week. Um, so first off, I give kind of a solo monologue uh, about the state of Star Wars and specifically Star Wars television um, with the finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I just kind of wanted to take a critical look at the franchise as a whole under the leadership of Disney. So in, in this sort of Disney era and the Disney plus era as well with shows like the Mandalorian book of Boba Fett, uh, we had the clone wars final season, the bad batch, uh, and now Obi-Wan Kenobi. There's been a ton of content that's come out. So I kind of took that one solo and no pun intended, uh, but I did take that one by myself and kind of just took a took a wide scale look at what Disney has been doing with one of our favorite franchises of all time. Uh, and that's Star Wars. The other half of that episode is a look at music biopics in honor of Elvis, which came out this past week. Um, and fortunately, uh, we have Richard, who if, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that Richard is uh, my audio partner who does a lot of the audio editing, a lot of it. He does all of the audio editing for us here. And um he is my main music guy, so uh, it was great to sit down and have a conversation with him about music biopics and the things that we love about them and the things that we can be a little bit more critical about. Um, so if you are looking for a little bit of a review uh, on Elvis, you can also find that as part of that episode, in addition to um, touching on a few other music biopics. Uh, over the years as well. So highly recommend checking out that episode. And then uh, we are gearing up for the second ever Pokemon challenge on our YouTube uh, channel. So this is if you caught the first one, which was a water types only run of Pokemon Leaf Green, um, you would have saw at the end that we did uh, kind of let the fates decide. And we ended up with flying types only. And so I'm playing through Pokemon Heart Gold with flying types only. So a lot of fun in that run. That is going to be dropping on Friday, July 1st. So Thursday, we have the main episode. Friday, we have our next Pokemon challenge dropping as well. So um, definitely make sure you are subscribed on YouTube to keep up with those YouTube exclusive videos. But without further ado, let's talk about this new season of the Umbrella Academy, shall we? So if you are not familiar with The Umbrella Academy, um, this is based off of a comic book. Uh, I believe it's Gerard Way, uh, who I'm totally blanking on the uh, musical group that he's a part of. Um, but I know that he has a mu musical background um, and also then went into 
writing these comic books. And so uh, the basic premise is that there are some sort of phenomenon across the globe that caused, I believe it's 16 women um, to become pregnant and give birth in like a matter of seconds. Um, and all of those babies ended up developing like superhuman powers and abilities. And so there is this eccentric old man named Reginald Hargreaves who uh, adopts seven of them and uh, then trains them to be like a superhero team. And so that is the premise of, of the Umbrella Academy, that they are the team, uh, the seven orphans that were raised by Reginald um, to fight or basically just to save the world whenever needed. Um, and so there's there's two seasons. Um, highly recommend you check those out if you've not already because they're a lot of fun. There is kind of a, kind of a weird, unique tone to it. Uh, I was telling someone the other day that when I first tried to watch this show, I really struggled with it, to be honest, because um, I just think the tone is just so kind of off kilter that if you're not expecting it, that it really hits you unexpectedly. Um, Especially in our modern landscape uh, where we're also kind of used to the Marvel tone uh, with superhero content and comic book content, um, that this is definitely not that. It, it, it zags when Marvel would zig. Um, I would say it's not like as graphic and quite as um, quite as much of a parody as something like The Boys is, um, but still it, it's a lot of fun. Like I think one of the defining features of this show is how they have like a musical dance number um, in every season so far. Um, and, and it's just a lot of fun. So if you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend it and stick with it. You might be a little bumpy at first, but I, I promise you that it pays off because I, after falling off immediately, uh, my first attempt, I jumped back into it when season two came out and I, I fell in love. So I have been anticipating season three for quite some time now. We were left on uh, kind of an interesting cliffhanger um, for those of you that did watch season two. And and I should say that I'm not going to get into spoilers for season three throughout this review, but I will um, reference seasons one and two as necessary. So if you haven't watched those and you are interested, then probably dip out um, because I'm going to probably mention some of the things and particularly I'm going to mention the end of season two right now. So that is your warning. But yeah, at the end of season two, we see um, the team jump back into the present day after spending time in Dallas uh, and in the past. And they come to in the Umbrella Academy, but it's now known as the Sparrow Academy. And we see Ben, who in their main timeline is actually dead and he's kind of uh you know tags along as klaus's conscience uh to a certain extent in that main timeline and so now he's got a little bit of an edge to it he is with this entire new group of people that we do not know um there's this really cool cube um is it a companion cube is it a tesseract is it something entirely different it's christopher um so yeah it's kind of a weird weird cliffhanger that had a lot of people intrigued fans of the show intrigued so i was super excited to jump back into it with season three and i thought they did a really good job of just picking up literally picking up right in that moment and just carrying on um it felt like i had just kind of stepped back into the show like it didn't feel like there was this big gap which i think must have been about two years um and so we get kind of the confrontation between 
the umbrellas and the sparrows right away and we see um, a fight sequence we also get that signature dance sequence right off the bat as well um, that i thought was really well done and it kind of just sets the tone for this entire season um the rivalry between those two groups is going to be a key component especially in the first few episodes um where they're kind of just kind of jockeying for position you know they all want to be top dogs they want to um they feel wronged by this other group even existing is kind of the thing um and again i'm not going to get into spoilers but i think this just kind of sets the stage it's something that you learn in the first episode is that these are an alternative group of the orphans that reginald decided to adopt instead of the originals um after interacting with the originals in the past and it's very interesting because yeah, there was, there was 16 of them. He only had seven. So there was obviously a, a bunch of others that he could have chosen um, to adopt instead. And so it seems that Reginald has, you know, his own agenda, of course, in season two, um, we get the, the hint that he is actually an alien. Like he's a, a creature of some sort. We assume is extraterrestrial and he, it's not something that any of his children actually know. And so that's another question that we kind of have um, is like, what is his secret agenda that he's been working towards? And it's not directly addressed early on in this season, but it definitely is addressed um, by the end of it. So I would say if that was a storyline, a thread, loose thread that you were really hanging on, I don't think you're going to be disappointed by the end of it. It is going to take a little bit of time to work up to it, though. So just have that expectation if you've not yet seen it. But ultimately, kind of the, the grandiose mission, the goal of this season, um, those of you familiar with the show will know that in both of the first two seasons, they've been dealing with the apocalypse, uh, the end of the world, the end of the universe. And so they have had to work together to basically solve doomsday. And uh, this one's no different because what has happened now with them messing with the past in kind of a haphazard way um, ultimately, they have created this new timeline, not only with the sparrows, but also they have created a paradox. And so the paradox that was created is now threatening uh, the very if, uh, fabric of time and the universe as a whole, I guess would be the best way to, to describe it. So again, very huge stakes, very enormous stakes in this show. But what I really appreciate and what I really like as kind of the signature of this show as it it always takes this lighthearted approach to that very heavy uh, material and so you still get the kind of dysfunctional family dynamic between uh, the siblings and you get a lot of jokes they're always you know giving each other uh, they're always giving each other crap as you know still the the end of the world is hanging above them and so it's just it's a fun and, and truly unique tone um that if you are someone that really connected with that in those first two seasons, you'll be happy to know that it's still here in season three. I know that was definitely my sentiment. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's kind of the basis of the storyline. I, I also want to touch on uh, a couple of more minor storylines as well. So um, if you are, have followed the show or if you've followed um, the actor specifically, uh, then you'll know that uh, formerly Ellen Page um, has transitioned uh, to their their true self um, and he is now an actor known as Elliot Page and so that 
is something that the the showrunners decided to weave into the fabric of, of this season. We and I actually think that they did it in a really interesting and, and well done way um, because I don't I don't think that was an easy task for them to do. But I, you know, I, I appreciated that that was something they felt was important to include. Um, I agree. I do think it, it's important to include, and I think that Elliot um, has been a, a super massive important piece to this show. And so I think it was very necessary for them to do justice for him and, and for his character. And I thought that thematically it did kind of work. Um, so early on within the first couple of episodes, we do see Vanya, the character, um, come out to uh, their siblings and then um, actually undergo the transition, um, start to undergo the transition of, of becoming, um, a, a presenting as male, I should say. And so then Vanya becomes Victor for the majority of this season. And I, I think that, the, like I said, I think thematically this works um, because Vanya was a character that never felt like a, like very included um, in the group with their siblings, that they uh, literally weren't part of the team in the first season and then was essentially framed as the villain um, over the past two seasons as well. And I think that the way that they were able to incorporate this kind of coming out as trans, as a male, and becoming Victor, and mixing that in with uh, his siblings being accepting and caring and nurturing and supportive in that moment throughout, it, it is really well done. So I, I thought that thematically it worked out and it didn't necessarily feel super wedged in there because we had seen um, a lot of conflict in that character in the first couple of seasons. So I, I do want to just take a moment to kind of applaud that for, for how well it was done because I think it could have it could have been awful. And I thought that it was done very, very well. And, I, you know, I've not done research into it, but I hope that Elliot, uh, I assume that Elliot had signed off on this depiction of, of what the character was going through. In addition to that, there's um, also some relationships that we are, are continuing on, we see developing. Um, so we see Luther, who um, connects with a member of the Sparrows named Sloane, and they kind of have um, you know, a romantic love interest storyline going on. I think that this is one that you kind of buy into a little bit. And I think it, this also um, carries a lot of weight, especially when you get towards the last couple of episodes. Um, another relationship that we will see pick up again, very, again, not spoilers because it happens very early on, but we see, um, Lila and Diego kind of rekindle and there's a interesting wrinkle, um, to their relationship as well, uh, that is explored again throughout in, in very creative ways and very much in Umbrella Academy ways, uh, I would say as well with a, with a nice little twist that they have there. Um, those of you who have seen it will know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, then I don't think I'm giving away too much, but it is, it is fun to see that. Um, and I think that those are kind of the main storylines. I mean, I guess we also have Ben um, who in this timeline is kind of more of a jerk. He's not the very, you know, kind hearted uh, brother that, Ben that we are familiar with from the first two seasons, even though he, you know, he's dead, but he communicates uh, through Klaus. And so that's another storyline is, is him 
not only connecting with the umbrellas, but also connecting with the sparrows as um, a sibling. Um, and then the, one more thing I guess I will add as well is Klaus and uh, his relationship with um, his father, uh, Reginald Hargreaves, and kind of looking for acceptance uh, from him as well and really understanding why um, he was such an asshole <laughs> in his childhood. Um, and so that is another thing. I th Klaus is, is amazing. Uh, Klaus is the best character in this entire series. And I, you know, if you disagree... I'm sure you have your reasons, but they're just probably not great reasons. <laughs> um, Klaus, Klaus is amazing and, and carries on the same energy, sort of chaotic energy from the first couple of seasons, but is so endearing throughout. Um, that's a good transition to the characters in general. So I think that the show has always done a really good job of kind of sharing the spotlight across all of the Hargreaves children. Um, I think that you, you for the most part spend i i mean i haven't seen numbers about this like screen time or whatever but i think you spend a good amount of time with each of them enough for them to really be developed and really get a feel for their own unique personalities um you get more of that here i think all the characters were very consistent with what we've seen in the past um i would say that allison might be one of the most interesting um, in this season because of just the traumatic experiences that she went through um, not only in season two, but also um, at the very beginning of this, where this timeline is drastically different than the timeline that we know, the timeline that they know. And so for her, it hits a little bit harder than most. And so I think they do some really good, uh, interesting things with that character in this season that I was really happy to see. I think also the dynamic between Victor and Allison is one that we have seen through multiple stages of their lives uh, now in this third season. And I think that examining that relationship and that dynamic between those two um, is, is also a strength of this season as well. Uh, Diego and, and I touched on Diego and Lila. Um, I think there's good stuff there, but they're pretty much the same characters that we know uh, from the earlier seasons. As far as the sparrows go, um, I you know I touched on Ben and I touched on Sloan, and I think they are by far the standouts of the group. Um, they get the most screen time uh, overall. Um, Christopher steals the show in some ways um, by just being a living floating cube. Uh, that is, I, I still don't understand. You don't really get an explanation for what Christopher is or what's going on there. Um, I would say the sparrows have very interesting powers, and they get to show them off in the first couple of episodes and then it's just kind of diminishing returns from there on um i think the overall kind of rivalry and the sort of west side story of it all uh adds a little bit of drama to the storyline of the season but it's not the most sustainable so if you are thinking that the sparrow storyline is going to be the most interesting or the most substantial element of this new season then that's just not the case um the, there are things that are interesting about it. Again, I think the powers are, are well done. I think superpowers in general are depicted in a very interesting way in this series. And, and that also continues here as well. Uh, overall, I, you know, because I, I don't want to get into spoilers, I, I don't want to really say too much more than that. In all honesty, I'll kind of get into my takes here. I think that I, I think that the show is, it, it stays about on par. I, I, don't think that it really elevated 
the storytelling and I don't think that it really disappointed us and suffered at all um, and or took a step down. I would say that season two is probably the best of the three in my opinion so far, but I also think that three is is right there. So it's not a significant drop in any way. I would say it's probably right there, right about par. Um, those two and season one again also maybe slightly below but i do think that there were some decisions made in season two that elevated the storyline and made it that much more interesting i also think the the consistent tone it was super great to see in, in this series and in this season um, because i think that's what makes it unique right there's so many uh i it touched on it already you know marvel series we have all of the dc television series as well you have shows like the boys stranger things even that are incorporating these like supernatural superhuman abilities and so i think you have a really tough task if you are creating a show with superhero elements if it's based off a comic book or not um you have a tough task making that show stand out. And I don't think that the Umbrella Academy has ever really struggled to stand out. I think that they found their niche and they have really just made the most of it. And so I was really happy to see them stay true to what this series is in this third season. And I already mentioned it. I think the most unique thing is just the truly lighthearted approach that they have to these literal doomsday scenarios that you see the apocalypse uh, all around. The world is melting. It's crumbling to pieces. Um, there's literal pulses of light that are making animals, people, buildings, and structures just vanish uh, into nothingness or into flames even. And, and at the same time, uh, these characters are just giving each other, giving each other crap and, you know, being brothers and sisters. And um, I think it's, it's the core of what this show is. And I think as long as that's maintained, I'm going to have a, you know, a certain level of interest. That's not to say they can just coast. I think they do need to do things in creative way, which is kind of funny because every season has had the apocalypse staring them in their face. And so you can't really, you know, raise the stakes much higher than that. And, and honestly, they have raised the stakes um, every season. Because it goes from, oh, you know, the, the world, the earth is going to blow up in season one to, you know, the, like the fabric of time is now crumbling um, based on what happened in season one. And then now in season three, it's like, OK, so the universe in its entirety is about to collapse and this there is no way to sustain this or is there. Uh, and so they have managed to escalate the stakes every season despite the fact that apocalypse is still the end game here and i think and again this is not really a spoiler but i i'm led to believe by the ending of this season that the next step is is going to be a more intimate story and i'm definitely getting some kind of back to the future vibes with the way that this all played out it does seem um it seems pretty confident that there will be a season four. So I'm very excited about that. Um, and, and I think that there's a lot of room to play with this. Uh, and I'm very curious to see what, what direction they end up taking these characters and in, in, in this longer storyline here, because I don't know that this is a, 
at least as a TV series, maybe as a comic series, this has a lot more longevity in it. Uh, I actually don't know. I've not read the comics, though I have recently purchased them. So I'm hoping that being able to read through those will kind of sustain me until we get uh, season four. But I, I think that as a television series, like this is one that's going to be better off ending sooner rather than later, unfortunately. And I would rather see this come to a nice, you know, polished ending rather than just be the result of a cancellation. So I'm really hoping that they have an end game in sight, an end goal in sight that they're working towards here. Um, and just it does seem, at least with the way that the transitions between seasons have been so far, that it is very cohesive. And again, it might be that just the comics have, have a storyline laid out that they're working from, um, but it might be that they are really going towards something entirely um, unique from even the source material here. Um, but I think that this is definitely a show that I'm invested in at this point, very invested in. And we'll be sticking with until they honestly disappoint me or it's over. Um, I think the performances are a big part of that. I want to touch on that a little bit here. I think I think across the board, really well done. Um, I don't think there was any characters in this season that I was really disappointed in as far as their portrayals of their characters. Um, I think there were definitely some standouts. I think I already mentioned Allison has a lot of really interesting things to do. And I think that the performance uh, by that actress is, is really well done. I think you feel a lot of the emotions um, and just the toll that this storyline has had on her more so than most of her siblings as well. Um, I think Elliot Page does a good job with Victor as well. I, I think maybe those two characters have really kind of uh, taken the most crap to this point. And so it's some it's a theme that is kind of touched on between their interactions as well. And also in a very kind of critical um, intersection as well that ends up playing out in, in an interesting way across the second half of the season. Uh, I think those were definitely two standout performances. I, of course, I already mentioned Klaus is the best character. Uh, I, and I forgive me for not, uh, you know, having the actor's names um, in front of me, but um, that actor has, has truly uh, just taken that character and, and run with it and made, made him his own. And um, I appreciate it so much because there, there's so many, one-liners and things that come from Klaus and just the way that he has his happy-go-lucky attitude um, and the way that that really is just the inverse of like his powers his, his superpowers if you're not familiar are you know he is able to interact with the dead so one he's kind of immortal he can come back from the dead and two he can literally you know talk to the dead and so it's such a morbid ability and for this character to have this lighthearted nature and it, like I said, happy-go-lucky approach to life in general um, is such an, it's so interesting to see that in, in contrasting way. Um, I, I also think that uh, Luther's character, I think it's Tom Hopper. Um, it, he has a little bit more to do in this season. Um, there's some really good comedy from him and also some really good um, you know, softer moments, more character-driven moments as well that I really liked. And I think I got some good stuff from um, from Reginald Hargraves in this as well. I think this is the most extensive that we have seen, uh, extensive role that we've seen this character play um, because it, you kind of have the shadow of Reginald Hargraves in the first season. Uh, and then you have kind of a, it's more or less a cameo from him in the second season. Um, but he was very much a, a pivotal 
component component to this season as well. Um, and so I like to, I like to see that for sure. Uh, the the music stands out for sure. That it, throughout, it's just really well done. And the covers that they choose to use, um, I would say that you know most of the music, aside from obviously the score, uh, the soundtrack to this series is really well known pop songs. Um, and I think they do some really good cover selection as well to really set some set the tone in a lot of really fun ways. Um, so the music is definitely something I, I enjoy from it. I'm sure a lot of people who are fans of this series enjoy as well. And yeah, I think that's about all that I really want to get into with this, to be honest. So hopefully, you know, if you're listening to this, that was enough to really get you excited about. If you've not yet watched the new season, definitely, definitely dive into it. Um, if you have, I, I, you know, I'm hoping that you're ec- echoing a lot of my sentiments and that you are just as excited about uh, season four as I am, because I think that the cliffhanger that they've set up for this one, while it's not quite as much of a cliffhanger as the end of season two, uh, I do think that it begs a lot of questions. And so I'm, I'm very curious to see um, those questions be answered in season four and kind of see how that affects things moving forward as well. Overall, I, I think there, there's room for improvement. There's definitely room for improvement. Um, but I would say a four out of five score for season three of the Umbrella Academy. Um, really good. N- not groundbreaking necessarily. So um, I, I really can't complain about it, but it's not perfect. It's probably just the best way to summarize that overall. But that's going to do it for uh, my review of season three of the Umbrella Academy. Um, like I said, you know, hopefully this has accomplished one of two things. Either you are excited about it and you're going to jump in. Um or you've already watched it and you are just nodding along this whole time, like agreeing with me. If 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 not the if that's not the case and you really didn't like this, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts as to why you really didn't love this season. Um, because I, I honestly had you know had nothing but really good things to say across the board. So um, feel free to leave a comment if you're listening to this on YouTube, um, or you can always follow the show on Twitter. Uh, across social media as well. You can find us at In The Sky Pod. Again, I just want to put it on your radar that we have a brand new episode of the main show dropping this Thursday. That's going to be episode 210, talking about Disney's Star Wars and Elvis slash music biopics. And then Friday, July 1st, we are going to have the flying types only challenge run of Pokemon Heart Gold. Um, So... Make sure that you are subscribed and you are following the show across the board so that you don't miss any of that great stuff. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.